action. Action. See, it's a little harder when you start the party, isn't it? Yep. New system this week. Updated system. We're, we're not podcasting in like 1980 equipment now. We're not podcasting onto an, an album, a record. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we just scream into the needle or whatever. We're using... Um, GarageBand? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, I think so. Oh GarageBand. Oh, boy. Apple our, product. <clears throat> for some of our heavy users, our listeners, you have to tell us whether this sounds better, significantly worse, or the same. Or as forgettable <laughs> as ever. They would have no idea that there's any difference in what's going on. Well, that's good if they don't notice a difference, except for it doesn't grind to a halt at 29 minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today, Rye? Eaten. Eaten. Optimi- well, well Eaten. yeah, optimizing <laughs> uh, what you eat to reflect kind of what your goals are within the gym or making sure that you're, you're doing what you can outside in terms of what you put into your body to reflect what you want to get out of the gym. I think most importantly, like understanding that nutrition is a non-negotiable if you want to optimize the entire package. Um, it's great if you're coming into the gym and you're dedicated and you're hitting your workouts, whatever, three, four, five times a week. Um, but if your nutrition's not dialed in, then you're, you're missing a big portion of what you should. Yeah, you're missing 80%. Like you're <laughs> missing the biggest portion. Yes. And so what brought us to this topic, and this is something we've talked about before, in different episodes so if you're interested in that and especially if you haven't you didn't start at like episode one and work your way through probably would make a lot of sense to cycle back through the episodes and look at some of those other kind of other 23 hours of the day episodes that we talked about but the reason we brought this up is because it's so unbelievably important and that quite honestly we were seeing that a lot of the people we worked with if not most if not effectively everybody almost uh, had some opportunities for improvement and that the best way for us to reach the most people um, in the most helpful method we could is to do this and to frankly be very candid. So we're going to come at you pretty hard um, and it's not to hurt anybody's feelings or call anybody out, but it's, um, it's to help you understand the importance of doing certain things to get you to where you want to be. Yeah, and again, I think this goes with everything that we constantly drill home, regardless of the topic. It's, at the end of the day, what is your why and what is your ultimate goal? Um, You know, if you're okay with, you know, a a six-month goal being achieved in a year, then okay, then keep doing what you're doing, do the bare minimum, and, and that's fine. But we're talking about optimization. We're talking about getting to your goal when you want to achieve it and the best way to get there. Yeah. So why don't we start, uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about what brought us to this specifically. So what are we noticing people struggle with and maybe some anecdotal examples of that? Sure. And so I think this goes back to the reason why we did our Thanksgiving uh, podcast is because we understood with the holiday season that, albeit an abnormal year, right, 
holidays tends to mean more food, drinking, get-togethers, that sort of thing. And while it's okay for a meal to be untracked, unplanned, just kind of enjoy it, enjoy the time and move on, if that one meal turns into an all-day thing, a weekend thing, a thing that runs from Christmas through New Year's or Thanksgiving through New Year's, and you're talking about an, ex- an extensive period of time, um, and that can really derail any and all of the progress that you've made. Um, and so, again, you know, you want to have a slice of pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving. Great. Enjoy that. But it's it's that and you move on. Everything else throughout that day uh, is is normal. And obviously that's hard. Like we understand we have parents who are divorced so we have multiple holidays or gatherings that we go to and so it is hard when you have multiple meals and you're going to different people's houses but again like you're an adult you control what you are eating you're you know mom and dad isn't aren't making your plate anymore and like this is what you get to eat no like make the best decision for you enjoy spend time with your family but then move on yeah, so I think it ultimately, and we're going to kind of come back to this several times throughout the course of this conversation, it comes back to where you are relative to your goals. And so really in plain English, what that means is where to relative to where you want to be. So if you're at or really close to where you want to be, and so this could be with regard to performance, like hitting the numbers you want to hit in in workouts or for most people probably this is more accurately reflected in their physique their aesthetics their look if you're at or really close to where you want to be then keep doing what you're doing clearly that got you there the reality is though is that most if not nearly everyone isn't so if you aren't what you're doing is not, it needs to be evaluated. You need to be constantly auditing what you're doing and is it moving you in the best possible way, the most sustainable possible way to, toward where you wanna be. So if we take the holiday analogy, that's fine. You, you know, an element, say if we take Thanksgiving, maybe the ch- most challenging of holidays, uh, your nutrition can be dialed in for the rest of the day. And so in a meal, in a day, you can sort of do whatever and it just doesn't have a great effect. And you can extrapolate this over to Christmas, you can extrapolate it over to the evening of New Year's Eve, right? If you're the whole rest of the day, even, you're on track. To a certain extent, whatever you do in like a couple hour time block doesn't isn't really gonna fundamentally matter. But, if you allow yourself, and you are literally allowing yourself, no one's forcing you into this, this is all choice. If you allow yourself to be derailed for an extended period of time, that's on you. And like, yes, that does have an effect. Or if we take this over, like, so we're out of the holiday season. So if we sort of put that in the past and sort of move past that in the conversation, for the rest of the year, if you have physique goals, But, you know, a night or two a week, you're having like a couple beers. You're having like two, three, four, five beers. Well, don't be real shocked if you don't hit your physique goals, right? Because the reality is 
you can't really drink, period. Like, it's not like, no, I just have a couple. Like, unless you're at where you want to be, in which case, keep doing what you're doing. That's fine. That you can turn this off. You're good. Uh, but assuming you're not, like, that just doesn't work. It's not our rule. We're not making it up. But that's just the reality is that it does not do anything for your aesthetics. It harms potentially for several days your performance after that. And if either of those things are important to you, I'm assuming you're listening to this because at some level they are, uh, you need to take a really hard look at that and eliminate it basically effectively until you get to where you want to be and then consider putting it in only very occasionally. I think you, uh, going off of that, a lot of, like the majority of our listeners and clients can um, kind of track with like the notion of like not feeling great the next day, especially when you work out. Um, so we can talk all we want about, you know, like looking good and how it affects how you look and how you X, Y, and Z, but you all, like no one wants to feel awful. Like you just don't feel good for like at least one or maybe two days after you kind of go crazy or longer than that. Um, and I think just about all of our clients have said that and that's pretty common for us to hear when they come in or in terms of feedback, they're like, you know, X, Y, and Z is great, I'm happy to be here, but I went a little crazy last night and I just feel awful. So then it's like, well, you feel terrible, so that's awesome. And then you're since you feel terrible, you're not, training as optimally as you could and putting the best your best foot forward so then it's just this like cycle that you end up falling down that I think almost everyone who listens to this and us included and that's kind of why we're saying it um can sympathize with like you just don't feel good so why would you purposely do something that doesn't make you feel good you don't like purposely run into a brick wall and you're like well I knew it wasn't going to feel good but I did it anyways why not Right. And I think it's, you know, it's important to, to know and understand that at the end of the day, we are all human. Things happen in, in time and stress and life happens, but we can't continue to use these sorts of things as excuses, right? Like for me, I know that coming off of a competition, I knew that things were going to be hard because um, I was going from... A pretty significant deficit to then what was going to be maintenance for me um, but it was obviously a very stressful time for us we had a lot of life changes happening during that time and I didn't manage that well like I'm not I'm not perfect I did amazing while I was in prep but post competition like I really struggled and like now it's it's gonna be hard and that onus is on me knowing that you know, I have another competition coming up and whether or not I'm going to be where I could have been had I kept myself under control and made better decisions um, over the last four weeks, I, you know, I don't know. And that's that's a tough pill for me to swallow, uh, especially being new in this sport. Um, but at the end of the day, like those are the choices that I made and here's where I am now and I have to move forward. Uh, and so I think, again, it just goes back to understanding where you are right now. If you want to change where you are physically, then you have to make better decisions moving forward. So, yeah, I think 
it's really important that to for people to understand that we're talking from experience. Right. So there are significant portions in my life where I was in that zone of having lots of beers on particular days or lots of drinks. And then you come out of that and you feel at best like 65%, at worst like garbage. And at best like you're just sort of moving through things in a fog. And I was trying to go to the gym and just like everybody else had, you know, some level of performance and aesthetic goals. And they just don't really happen. You don't really get a whole lot stronger. Your physique doesn't really change in the way that kind of you want it to. And there's one salient point, and it's that you drink too much, and that that throws off everything else, including your nutrition. Either because you are become like hypoglycemic and you're eating a ton of food because you've been drinking, or you don't eat at all, and you know, arguably potentially worse. Um, so I think that's the thing is obviously your story of what you've been sort of dealing with. And then certainly I've had different periods of, of less optimal consumption and lifestyle habits. So we're not just standing on a big pedestal yelling down at everybody, uh, like we have it all figured out. It's, it's this, these are challenging things for everybody. It's certainly challenging for us in holidays and things like that, but there's a good way to manage it. And then there's a suboptimal way to manage it. And so what we're encouraging people to do initially right now is is seek the optimal way. And then obviously what we're going to get into in the second half of this conversation is what does that look like? So maybe this is a good segue to start uh, getting into the building blocks of what that looks like. And so I'm going to just basically say one phrase and then let you guys go bananas. <laughs> uh, protein consumption. Because effectively, uh, as far as we can tell, really nobody's doing a good job of it. Like, it's just not plain and simple. Yeah, and I think, I think that is the hardest thing, especially for our female clients. Um, protein tends to be the most underutilized macronutrient. And it's the most important part, uh, especially throughout any sort of resistance training. Um, like you need to have that if you want to see improvements in your performance, in your aesthetics. Like if we're eating 80 grams of protein a day, like for the majority of our clients, if not like 99%, like that is severely under eating. And that's just it at this stage in the game, right? Most of our clients have been with us for a significant amount of time. If your stated goal is you want to be stronger, you want to perform better, you want to look better, that needs to become a non-negotiable. You need to be hitting your protein goal every single day. Yeah, I think it's just like you, people fall, that's part of falling into the trap of just going long periods of time without eating. Like you shouldn't go long periods of time without eating, much less long periods of time without consuming protein. So if you're not going... If you're going long periods of time without eating, then you're inherently going long periods of time without getting protein and then probably not getting enough protein unless you just go absolutely nuts and have like a whole bag of protein powder at one meal, um, which depending on what you use, maybe that would be unbelievably delicious. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say even the, the 80 grams that you said is like maybe a little generous for some people. Like I'd say a lot of people are under that and don't even realize. Um, whereas 
obviously there's a lot of different um, numbers and ratios that are out there in the industry and everything, but I think generally the three of us can stick to like roughly a gram of protein per pound of body weight um, or something around that per day as a general target because that's pretty easy in terms of calculations. Um, obviously there's like other, you can go like lean body mass or lean skeletal, whatever, X, Y, and Z, but for the most part, that's a pretty good aim for most people. And it's not actually that hard to hit. Like we, like we've said before, like 30 grams of protein in chicken isn't that much chicken. Like it's actually not like it's probably markedly less than you would think it is. Um, so it's not like impossible to do and it's pretty easy to have a series of meals with 25 or 30 grams of protein and you are at your allotment for the day relatively quickly without like force feeding yourself every hour. To kind of put that in perspective, um, I get 18 grams of protein right now for my meals. That's 3.1 ounces of chicken if you want to convert into ounces. Uh, so again, it's not a lot. It's not like I'm sitting down and having like a ginormous chicken breast for every meal. 3.1 ounces like if you think about that it's it's not nothing. a lot yeah <laughs> it is literally nothing and when you're on a cut it sucks like it's like i think people indeed think we just eat it's like hamburgers and chicken breasts and we're just going bananas like it's not actually that much but this opens up another thing is that you if you're serious if you're not where you want to be and you've been not where you want to be for a while, then at some level you have to look at measuring your intake. Now, there are levels to that, and it probably makes sense to start on a relatively approachable level, like doing a little bit of measuring, like just maybe measure your protein. Don't worry about the other stuff. But you'd be shocked, 100 grams of chicken just is not really that much, and you don't really, and you know, average size person you maybe only need like four of that in a day a whole day it's just not that much um so I, I think the thing that we want people to sort of wrap their heads around is that you can't like hack your way around this and it's also not us make like just making this up like we just decided or we watched a youtube video or read some ridiculous article on reddit and we just decided that you should eat protein this is coming from registered dietitians, like people who work, this is their field. This is what they do for a living. This is what they got their advanced degrees in. And they are top to bottom saying, this is the most important thing. So you can take that as you want. You, you don't have to listen to any of this. Just understand the farther you are away from that target. So again, if you're relatively lean, maybe a close to a, a gram of protein per pound of body weight evenly spread out through the day. If you're significantly overweight, like you carry a significant amount of body fat, it's probably closer to about like 0 0.7, 0 0.75 uh, grams per pound of body weight, um, depending on sort of where you are. And obviously we can help people with that. But the, like, that's it. Yeah, that is the beginning and the end. If you consistently don't do that, you are consistently going to find that you don't move in the direction you'd like to move in any parameter as fast as you want to. And again, at the end of the day, we're, we're talking about what's most optimal, right? And so we all 
and by we all, I mean the three of us sitting at this table, um, enjoy and nerd out in all of this stuff. So we take joy in sitting down to a meal and measuring out every food and trying to see who can get, you know, the scale to be at the exact gram, right? We get, we get super excited about that, okay? We understand not everyone is at that point. And that for some people that like that may be too overwhelming and too stressful. And we don't want this to be stressful. It, like at the end of the day, it's it's eating. It's something you have to do to survive. And so breaking it down and saying, okay, fine. Like, you know that you under eat protein. So four or five times a day, you are going to consume some type of protein. And so starting there, it's very basic. But if you do that for most people that get or are used to eating two or three meals, maybe a day, and maybe those meals don't even include protein, increasing it to that four or five times a day, having protein with each of those meals and or snacks, however you want to refer to the time that you eat, like is going to significantly push you towards that goal. I think so. I think one thing that we kind of hit on, like obviously we need to eat more, eat enough protein. What about when? So should I, so I need to eat like 165 or 170 grams of protein in a day. Should I do it like as soon as I'm done working out, like that like post-workout anabolic window, get it in. Um, or what, how, how should I go about doing that? Because like maybe, maybe you're someone who you do get an adequate amount of protein, but you don't really know how to spread it across. So you, you have the stuff, you went to the store and you bought a pack of chicken breasts and uh, some ground turkey and you're like, okay, when do I eat it? Well, again, and I think this is important, especially for people who work with us, right, is to have these conversations with us directly because, again, to a certain extent, we're trying to meet you where you are and try and get you to the most optimal. <clears throat> and so saying, okay, when you wake up 30 minutes after you wake up, you're going to eat and every meal is three to five hours after that. Um yeah, for somebody who's really dialed in and who already tracks, like doing those sorts of things is really easy to tell them to do that. But for someone who's never tracked a meal, someone who's like, again, struggling to eat twice a day, um, we're just trying to give you some sort of guideline to get you closer to optimal. So for those people who already are kind of dialed in, we've, we've talked about this before, but if you want to talk about specific protein intake and when yeah so you could think of it as never letting your fuel tank get close to empty and so the nerdy way to say this is you want to be anabolic all the time or for as much of a 24-hour period as you possibly can you and that means you're you're building muscle or at least not losing it uh what you don't want to do is be catabolic which is when your uh, your body effectively consumes your own muscle for energy. Uh, you basically either not at all or for as little time as possible. And so this doesn't mean that you're going to look like a bodybuilder. This is like a natural human function that your body is constantly breaking down uh, its amino acid structures and replacing them. It's called uh, like basically muscle protein breakdown and muscle protein synthesis, and they work in tandem. You just want synthesis to be higher than breakdown at any given time. So basically what that means 
is that you want to consume protein at regular intervals. So the most basic level, an easy way to think about this is like every four hours and not longer than every five hours. You get longer than every five hours, you're starting to become, you're putting yourself at significant risk of being catabolic. This is where uh, things like intermittent fasting can be pretty troublesome because obviously there is a huge swath of time where you're not taking in protein. So it's, it's part of the reason why we don't recommend that for uh, body composition changes is that it can be troublesome in that way. Um, but every four hours is really easy. That tends to cover all your waking hours. And then obviously when you're asleep, you don't need to worry about it. Um, and again, we want to meet people where they are. But, but what I would say too, frankly, is if you only quote unquote can get in two meals, unless you're like a brain surgeon, like unless they're a thing where you're in surgery for 12, 16 hours, which that is a reality for some people. Um, you know, my argument, again, I'm going to come pretty hard at you is like, you're not making this even close to a priority. Everybody's busy. I assure you, the three of us are busy. You just make it happen. Like I eat in my car sometimes when I'm driving somewhere because it's a priority because I don't want to get to where I'm going. Either I can't eat or I don't want to be eating there. So I'll eat in my car. And so I just pack stuff that I can eat safely while I'm driving. Like it, it, you just make it happen. The key is really deciding that you're just going to make it happen, that you're not going to fall behind a zillion little excuses for why you can't. Because at the end of the day, this is all tied literally directly to your health. So nothing, not your job, not your activities, not your social life should be more important than your health, period. So if you're trying to improve your health into a great extent, unless we're at extreme levels of body composition, that is directly correlated with your body composition, i.e. the less fat you are, the healthier you are, period. If that is a goal, then it should supersede literally everything. And this is, would be for your family too. Like if you wanna be healthy for your family, this should supersede everything Ergo, you got to make time for it. It doesn't take an hour. It takes like, it could take like six minutes to eat something, if that, right? It could take two minutes. It's just not not that hard. So we need to do it at even times. I think the, like, none of that other stuff, whether it's family or social media or hanging out, X, Y, and Z, like your job, any of that other stuff doesn't exist if you don't exist or you're not healthy enough to actually function and go through it. So it's like, there isn't, I mean, if you can't wrap your mind around that, then I don't, I mean, I'm not really sure what else there is to tell you. Like nothing at all, you can't have, you have to be dialed in with this stuff before you can go to work. Like if you don't have a job or you don't, like you're out on the streets, well, you still have to figure out your health. Like you still have to be healthy or else you're going to die. Like you have to, it's not that hard to comprehend. It, sorry, go ahead. I think the thing too is like, this. these aren't all needing to be sit down three course meals with utensils and candles. Like you can pop into the bathroom and eat a quest. If you're that busy at work, you're bananas busy, like a busy in a way that we just can't understand. That's okay. I understand. You can walk into a bathroom with a quest bar in your pocket, 
eat it and walk back out in like 45 seconds. Nobody's the wiser and you just got your you just got a meal in. You just you just got some nutrition in. Yeah, I, I think, think it, it just you just have to make it happen. I think uh, and there's kind of a couple different points here that I'd like us to kind of dive a little deeper in. Uh, the majority of our clients have families and families with like kids that are of some age that they have to take care of, right? At the end of the day, no one's going to say that, you know, making nutrition an important part of your life is somehow then going to negatively impact your family, right? Like if you're making healthy choices for yourself, ergo, you're making healthy choices for your children. And so this is a way that we can systemically change and not have to worry about our children and in that crazy obesity weight or a statistic that is the United States because you control that. So getting your kids excited about eating and talking to them about what is nutritious and things that are important that they should be eating, like you're just setting a good example and helping them to not reach a point where you are right now. And so, you know, saying like, okay, for dinner, I'm going to have chicken and Brussels Brussels sprouts, a sweet potato, like, and then that's what my kid's going to eat. Like, Again, unless there's some sort of crazy nutritional reason why they can't eat these things, right? Like, that's a great thing for them. And it's a great thing for them to see and learn and do as well. I think one thing that I kind of thought of or one concept, I guess, that I kind of thought of as you were talking about that is, so I think a lot of people kind of fall into the trap of where they're like, okay, well, you know, I'm making dinner for my family and my wife and kids don't want to eat what I know I need to eat. So then they, so maybe you're in a situation where you're eating, you know, your chicken and Brussels sprouts and sweet potato, and then they are having pizza. And, you know, that it's kind of a hassle, I guess. I could see if you're, you know, everyone's kind of doing a different thing, but maybe on a long enough timeline of you kind of saying no to the pizza or saying no to whatever it is you're everyone else is gonna like almost have to follow you know what i mean like on a long enough timeline if your spouse is like sees that you're just not going to eat whatever they're you're not going to have pizza every night then they are probably going to be like okay well you know they don't want to feel like the person that's being unhealthy constantly and they're probably going to end up following your your lead a little bit so i think and the same with your kids i mean your kids like you, they just do whatever you put in front of them or tell them to do from, I mean, to an extent. Um, so like after a point, they're not going to see, and especially if your spouse is like seeing progress in your body composition or you're telling them, you know, you back squat at 300 pounds. And they're like, okay, that's crazy. You know what I mean? They see that what you're consuming at the dinner table is making a difference to what's happening in terms of how you look or what you're doing in the gym or X, Y, and Z, then they're, eventually probably going to come around and be like, okay, I'm, I don't want to be the odd one out that's just sitting here engulfing a stuffed crust pizza. (laughs) Like they're going to probably eventually be like, all right, you know what, maybe, you know, this is absurd that we're spending extra money getting two different things. Like I'll try it. Right. So for the kids, kids thing, I think that's fairly easy. It's not a democracy. 
And I'm saying this as a dad. When your children are young, unless you're afraid of your eight-year-old, which is a different thing, uh, you dictate what they eat. The, the drive to eat hunger is a very powerful driver. It's a survival mechanism. I assure you, they'll eat what you make on a long enough timeline. Just let them sit there and be hungry. They'll eat some Brussels sprouts. Everybody will. And I think Rise Point is excellent where if you're modeling good behavior, even if the people around you are doing effectively the opposite, uh, they will begin to be um, receptive when they see your results. Beyond that, even if they aren't receptive, I'm sorry, making poor choices is not sustainable. Number one, because it's going to drive you further away from your goals. Number two, if you make poor enough decisions, you simply become a statistic. You become insulin resistant. You, you know, potentially die prematurely. You are, you know, when there's pandemics, you're at big risk. Whereas people who are at healthy body weights and healthy body compositions, on average, are at significantly less risk. It's not as big of a deal. And so, you know, that isn't an excuse because it's not sustainable in anything other than the shortest of terms. I know that it's, you know, again, maybe perceived like it's easy for the three of us to say because the three of us do this and enjoy this. Uh, but at different stages in our lives, uh, we've both been with people who didn't live healthy lifestyles. And so, you know, we understand that that can influence our choices. But again, at the end of the day, if this is something that is important to you, you know, becoming healthier, like changing your body composition, getting stronger, just wanting to be able to say like at, you know, 70 years old, you're able to see your grandchildren. Like if that's important to you, then you kind of have to give the, well, I don't really care what you're going to do. If you're going to eat that or you're going to drink that, this is what I'm going to do because I know that this is what's best for me and what is going to help me just live a healthier lifestyle. Can throw a little anecdote in there with my own. I mean, it's, this is like every day in a sense with like my mom isn't really the healthiest person. Like she doesn't track along with what we are kind of preaching here, like the lifestyle that I live. And, you know, at first when it was like, the like my nights to have dinner with her like she goes towards you know whatever something unhealthy and after a long enough timeline of me being like okay i'm i'm not gonna eat that like i can i i'm gonna make my own stuff like i i'll eat with you but i'm not gonna eat that like i have other stuff that i have ready for myself or that i can make for myself that's a healthier choice for me then she just realized that like okay, like it's not, that there, I'm not going to like negotiate about it. It's not going to be like, well, I guess that's what they're like, I'll eat it. Like I'm just not going to. So it's, it's like pushed her to kind of realize like, okay, hey, like if I, if we're going to have dinner together, then, then it, like he's going to do his thing either way. So I think that's like, it's not like, and she's in no way, like she's a, extreme work in progress in terms of all the stuff we talk about on this podcast but 
I have had like a, a positive influence on her in the, you know, the few nights a week that we have dinner together. Uh, her choice, choices change after just, you know, a couple years of me being like, I'm not going to eat that. Like I'll, I'll eat what I have ready or what I can make for myself, or we can have this instead, a healthier choice. Yeah. So I think, you know, we've covered a lot as far as like the why and, and just making this again, like a non-negotiable in your life. So why don't we talk about uh, some ways to make it easier so that there are limited excuses into why you miss a meal or why you're not hitting your protein intake? I think that's a great, another great segue because uh, I think this is something we all see a lot is with a lot of people we work with or a lot of people we have conversations with about this, they think that it's some sort of gigantic mountain that you have to climb, yeah. that we are sort of like denizens of discipline and can designate unlimited amount of time to meal prep and it's like that it requires this time that normal people don't have. And that is categorically false. It requires next to zero effort. Uh, you just need to keep some things in mind. The first thing is planning. So Sunday tends to be a day where we go to the grocery store, but it could be any day. It doesn't have to be Sunday. So you could extrapolate this to literally any of the seven days. It just happens to work well for us on Sunday. First, so first piece of the puzzle, make a list. If you are going to the grocery store and you're just sort of casually walking around, just seeing what speaks to you, I'm sorry, you can think I'm not a nice person, but you're doing it super wrong. Because what's going to speak to you is going to be a series of suboptimal decisions. They're meant to speak to you. That is the grocery store and those companies playing a game with you where they try to trick you and they're beating you at the game badly. Now, if you go to the store with your list and you audit the list first, like you're in your kitchen and you're opening cabinets, you're like, oh, I need this, I need this. Oh, I thought I needed that, but I don't. Perfect. You make sure you need, you know, toilet papers on your list or whatever you need to get. It's on your phone or you can literally write it out if you want, doesn't matter. And you get only the things that are on your list, period. So there are aisles, the entire center of the store, unless I need like mustard or olive oil or something like that or salt, that I don't even go down. I don't care what the, st the sales are. I don't care what's going on. They could blow, they could catch that part of the store on fire. I would walk right past it. What I want is on the outside of the store and in the frozen section. So, in terms of buying protein, um, if you if it's even if it's just you, let alone if you are cooking for your family, buy the family packs. Like buy big packages of protein, and we'll get to why in a second. That's first thing. Uh, hitch produce, get as much stuff from the produce aisle as you can without it spoiling before you use it. So fruits, vegetables, basically any of that is great. Um, and, and really, unless, unless you're far along in your nutrition, we probably could look at that as stuff as being like pretty close to unlimited in terms of your consumption on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and then frozen vegetables are a really good option. There's fundamentally no difference in nutrition between frozen vegetables and fresh ones, except for convenience. So you can get the kind that you can steam in the microwave, you can cook them on the stove. Banana is easy. 
uh, and they're not expensive. You can get them for literally a dollar a bag. Like it's not a significant investment. So let's go back to protein. What we want to think about in terms of your most of your meals is batch cooking various kinds of protein. So let's take chicken. Um, what you can do is get boneless, skinless chicken breast. It's winter time, but we'll, you know you could do this on the grill too. If you don't, if you want to go outside, you can. If you don't want to go outside, put on sheet tray, put in the oven, 425. 30 minutes, set a timer of some kind, walk away, do whatever the hell else you want to do in the 30 minutes, pull it out. You can keep it whole if you want. You can cut it up if you want. Put it in a container, put it in the fridge, walk away. I'll do you one better real quick with that. If you have an instant pot, same thing. You don't even, you just literally plop them in. You don't have to even get a pan. You just take it out of the pocket. You just plop them in. You throw a little chicken stock or water. It doesn't actually make a difference and a little bit of salt and you set it. It takes like 30 to 45 minutes, which, yeah, it takes a little while, but you literally don't have to do anything. It does it for you. You're not pedaling you, you, while it's, you, you, it does you just it, walk away. It does yeah. it for you. you. You press a button, a single button, and it beeps, and then it goes. And then when it's done, you can shred it. So you know how many things you can do with shredded chicken? So many things. You could put barbecue sauce on it. You can make sandwiches with it. You could just make a little like bowl with it, a little taco bowl action. You could eat it by itself in a bag like a crazy person like I do. You could, the options are endless. You can mix them with your eggs in the morning. You can do anything. So that just does you one further. If you have an instant pot, if not, they're like $80. So maybe invest. And cheat trays, you already have one in your cupboard for sure. And you definitely have an oven. If you live in a house, you have an oven or an apartment. So you could do my method for zero dollars. Zero dollars. <laughs> Again, I think at the end of the day, what we're saying is, is that this is really easy and something that can be done while you're doing other things, right? So sometimes while we're sitting here recording, depending on when we record, we've got chicken in the oven. Like we're sitting here, we're not doing anything else except talking to you guys. So why not get something else done, right? You do this with your laundry. You don't stand by the washing machine waiting for it to be done to put it into the dryer and then stand by the dryer to wait until it's done. Sometimes I do. Uh, we'll talk about that another <laughs> time. Uh, but my point being is you do other things while those things are happening. Run your vacuum, clean your kitchen if you're going to stand in there and wait for it to be done. Like it, It's not like it's something that takes so much time that you just have to devote whatever four hours to to making food it's really simple and if the only thing you prep on sunday and wednesday is your protein and you've bought the produce then all you have to do is grab some of whatever protein it is that you have put it in a container with the produce and walk out the door yeah put a, a some of the chicken and an apple in your bag boom you have a meal Meal four, done, easy. Uh, so obviously we're being like a little pejorative about it, but like the idea is that it's just not difficult. And this is what we are here for, for you as coaches, is to help you with this kind of stuff. But what you can't do is just sort of blindly say, well, I don't have time for that. Because the reality is you definitely do. You're, you're not significantly more busy on average than anyone else. 
Um, we just have to make time. You have to make it happen if this is important to you. Again, if it's not important to you, don't worry about it. Don't do it. Just keep doing what you're doing. But if it is, if you're not happy with where you want to be, this is the path. Everybody who has a physique or a look that you aspire to does this. End of discussion. They all do it. So if you want to be like, if you want to look like whoever the hell you want to look like, this is what they do. This is the path. We can help you with the training part. We can help you with the how of doing this. We can even help you with nuanced things. Like I want you to get this many steps per day. Uh, and this is what I want you to do it. Uh, but you have to, you have to be willing to walk down the road with us as opposed to saying like, well, I just don't, I don't like chicken that much. All right, well, don't eat chicken, eat something else. But like, you got to make it happen. And another topic that I know that Ryan's going to go bananas over is, is the issue of breakfast. There are like three boats of people when it comes to breakfast, either people that are like, I don't eat breakfast because I don't like to eat early in the morning. Uh, I only eat breakfast foods for breakfast, i.e. that means I get to eat like pancakes and waffles and eggs if I'm being healthy. Uh, or the boat that I think the three of us are all in. Like, it's just food. It's meal one. Just I'm going to eat. Normal. Normal. <laughs> it's meal food. one. I'm just going to eat whatever it is that I want to eat. Um, and now I, I am a combination or have been a combination of all three of those people. I love breakfast in what the United States has made a breakfast, right? I love biscuits and gravy and, so <laughs> and pancakes and waffles and crepes and anything and everything. Cereal with like whole milk, wonderful, delicious, amazing, I know. But at the end of the day, right, my nutrition, my health is important to me. So I know that I cannot do that every single day, 365 days out of the year. So Can I eating is just going to become just that, eating and what I want to eat in the morning and whatever I know is going to actually allow me to hit that goal of that meal. So if I eat eggs, because to me and my brain, that is a breakfast food, like, okay, great. So then start there and start by doing some egg whites and or eggs with some shredded chicken or some ground turkey or ground beef and like slowly enter way towards like, guess what? It's time to eat. I'm going to eat. So if I'm going to eat a p piece of salmon in the morning, then I'm going to have salmon in the morning. And that's just going to be it because it's food. So if you're not hungry, let's go about the, th there's four, like four categories really there. I split, I split one. Oh, okay. Uh, so Jeez. let's start with category one. You're not hungry in the morning. That's perfectly fine. I've had, uh, long stretches in my life where I'm not super hungry in the morning. Not a big deal. We're not telling you to eat and make yourself uncomfortable, etc. We also might have a situation where you're working out early in the morning and it, it, it plainly just does not make sense for you to eat a lot. Like it's going to slow you down. You're really not going to feel good and not have a good workout. So what we want to think about there is again, staying anabolic. So just getting in some kind of protein and this is something that you can really do really easily with supplements. So you could eat a protein bar if you want to, or we could do like a protein shake. Either one you could have in your car, like on your way to work, something like that, really straightforward. Neither is gonna fill you up a lot, 
but it's going to keep you from being catabolic. And especially if we're having a hard time meeting our daily protein goal, this is going to be a big thing. This is a huge area of opportunity for people. So that's category one. No big deal. You can push most of your eating and nutrition till later in the day. We just need to get some protein. We need to break the fast, if you will. Second is, is the idea of dessert for breakfast. And this is the one that makes me like put my <laughs> want to put my fist through the wall. Breakfast, number one, is a societal concept. Somebody made it up. It's not an actual thing. You have to eat because you're a human being, but for the nearly a million years of human evolution, uh, people didn't think of it as breakfast. The reason breakfast exists is to sell you stuff that's specifically for that. Specifically things that are effectively dessert for breakfast, like pancakes. Notice what's in that word, cake. Pancakes are really similar to cake. Now, should you eat cake for breakfast? No. Should you eat pancakes for breakfast? Almost certainly not. And this would include like uh, the faux good for you things like Kodiak cakes. No. Now, if you don't want to, if you don't want to achieve any kind of goals, knock yourself out. Have them every day. Uh, but we don't like pancakes, French toast, crepes, oh, all, the, all that garbage. That doesn't do anything for you. That moves you in the wrong direction. Unless you are ex like skinny as a rail and are trying to gain weight. Option three would be uh, what Amanda alluded to, which would be a combo. Like you still want to have some quote unquote breakfasty type foods like eggs, etc. And that's where we want to combine maybe like eggs or egg whites with, say, another protein short source, chicken, beef, salmon, something like that. Really easy hack there. And we'll get into the, this to option four. You don't actually have to make these things for breakfast. You could just make extra when you make dinner and have them for leftovers. It takes 35 seconds in the microwave. Option four is my personal favorite. You cheat, treat it like meal one, which means uh, there are not specific things that you eat necessarily at specific times of the day because you recognize that those are societal constructs and you're smarter than that. You won't get fooled by the people who are trying to fool you because you're smarter than they are. Uh, and this is where you hit your protein, fat, and carbohydrate goals for meal one. And that could look like any kind of protein that hits that goal, any kind of carbohydrate that hits that goal. And you just have it, whatever you want. Standard one for me, I had it this morning. Unbelievable. I had steak, I had oatmeal, and blueberries. That I was, you just <laughs> took my, my second little hack. Instant Pot is first one, shredded chicken. Second one, oatmeal, plop a couple berries in there, mix it up. It's fine, it's sweet, there's some sweetness. And chicken, done. Yeah, it, and again, I think oats are a great option, especially if we have uh, some carbs to play with. I think that's a way to kind of cheat yourself, right? If we're, So if we are in the boat of like breakfast is a construct for us and breakfast means that, that dessert category, um, oats are a really easy way to start to make that transition because you can add some berries right to them and so then you're still kind of getting that sweetness that you're used to getting with dessert for breakfast i.e pancakes whatever um, but doing it in a healthier manner now you still need 
more protein with that. Um, and so a little hack, making them, uh, making the oats, right, water, whatever, in the microwave, in a pan, however you choose to do it, then stirring in some egg whites, and again, cooking that in the microwave, but stirring it as it goes, right? So 10 to 15 seconds stir, 10 to 15 seconds stir, so that they don't bake like actual eggs, but actually stay in more of a liquid form, just cooking into the oats um, is, a, is another way to just add some protein. Again, if you're in that boat of uh, eating steak or chicken in the morning, not, not for me. You can or that's, yeah, I was gonna say that sounds gross to me. I would just put a scoop Have you of tried it? your Ascent chocolate peanut butter protein in. Amazing. Give that a little swirl and twirl, and you are set. You just have your sweet, and you're getting jacked, and uh, the Ascent bag looks cool, so it's a little aesthetically pleasing. You feel cool. Yeah. I think the, the, the thing there is just there isn't an excuse, um, period. You have to make it happen. You have to... Uh, spread your nutrition out through the course of the day and again this is where we come in with specific specific individual situations to help coach you through that however we just we have to have the conversation first uh, so let me throw this one out to you guys maybe this will make this our last topic who knows how long we've been rocking this uh, people who don't consume animal protein what do we do then um I mean, it's, it's hard. Obviously, we all do that. Um, but for whatever reason, certain people choose not to. Um, and the reality is, is you can do it, but it's going to be harder. And it's not only going to be harder, but then you're more likely to make excuses with it. And so if you, if you choose to be vegan or pescatarian or whatever the case may be to where you're not going to consume animal proteins, that is fine. Again, you are an adult. You are making that decision. But know that that is not an excuse not to hit your protein goal for the day. And you just may have to be a little bit more creative, aka at the beginning, it's going to take a little bit more time for you to figure that out. Yeah, I think we're all like, none of us are going to like, for whatever reason that you're a vegetarian or vegan or X, Y, and Z, like tell you not to be, whether it's like ethically or whoever, or whatever. But like you, we're also not going to lie to you and tell you that it's like not, like it's not optimal at all, like to not consume animal products. Or it's going to be extremely hard, way harder to make it optimal um, compared to if you were, if there wasn't limits on what, you know, animal products or not animal products. Yeah, I think that's the thing is we're, we're, our job is to meet you where you are and we're happy to do that and we expect to do that. Um, we're also not going to blow smoke and tell you that, that you're just going to breeze right through it. And frankly, that you're not at a significant disadvantage relative to people who are consuming animal products. So it can be done. But I think what we can fairly say is you have to be way more dialed in. And frankly, um, those diets tend to be um, either by people's choices or by necessity much higher in processed food because you're eliminating giant basic food groups from your consumption and you have to fill in the gap sometime. So I think what we have to be careful of is that we're theoretically following something that's that's supposed to lead to greater health theoretically uh, but in reality it's just an excuse 
you know, to eat vegan chips and things like that. Uh, I think what you have to look at is the reality that if you're not going to consume animal products and that the vegetable sources of protein also tend to either be lower f um, quality forms of protein, being less readily bioavailable, like less uh, easily absorbed by your body, and or uh, high also with very high carbohydrate loads so that your carbohydrate intake is outsized if you're going to hit your protein target, the reality is that you're going to have to look to supplements. So that's a situation where you're going to have to look at, you know, some whey, casein or egg protein, something like that, um, to get you where you want to go. Like, it's just going to be very, very difficult if we're being honest for you to hit your goal consistently, um, without that stuff. But again, those are conversations that we want to have with you, uh, as opposed to, to you just not doing it. We can get there. You just have to be open-minded about how we're going to do it. Yeah. So I think, again, at the end of the day, the takeaway for you guys at home is how important is your health? One. Two, exercise isn't going to be what gets you there. Nutrition is going to be the determining factor in your ultimate goals. So if that's important to you, it's a non-negotiable. And so all of these things that we've talked about, increasing your protein throughout the day at varying times so that you are not in a, in any sort of deficit, it's important that you do what you need to do whenever you do it, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you choose and not use anything as an excuse to take away from your goal. I think the, the last word for me is let's just have a conversation about it. Let's talk about it. We can help you regardless of your situation. We can help. Um, the big thing is you have to be open-minded. So if you're not where you are, but you're also not open-minded to changing your practice, um, you know, fair to assume you're going to not remain where you want to be. Uh, something that you're doing isn't working optimally, and we need to search that out pretty mercilessly, eliminate it, fix it, etc. But that's what we're here for. Uh, and that's what we're happy to help you do. I say that pretty much covers it all. Record breaker length here on our podcast. Uh, keep your eyes out for new content coming out. Uh, new person on the social media handle. So you may see some, you know, a little spice there. Little things thrown in, little interaction, <laughs> interaction piece if you're into that. Um... And as always, don't be afraid to shoot one or all of us an email if you have questions or slide into our DMs at the Aerobic Power Builder on Instagram and Facebook now too. Uh, so Facebook page and website coming soon. Boom. Working on it every day. Also, all of our emails are shockingly easy. Amanda or Ryan or Rye, all at the Aerobic powerbuilder.com one word spelled out old school that's it oh boy all right we'll see you it. next week all right see ya